Now we're reading from the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita where we left off last time. This is from uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, chapter 2, text number 11. Vadanti tattva vidas tattvam yajjnanam abhyam brahmiti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdite. Learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth say that it is non-dual knowledge and is called impersonal Brahman localized paramatma and the personality of Godhead. Purport. This Sanskrit verse appears as the 11th verse of the first canto, second chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, where Sutta Goswami answers the questions of the sages headed by Shaunakarishi concerning the essence of all scriptural instructions. Tattva refers to persons who have knowledge of the absolute truth. They can certainly understand knowledge without duality because they are on the spiritual platform. The absolute truth is known sometimes as Brahman, sometimes Paramatma, and sometimes as Bhagavan. Persons who are in knowledge of the truth know that one who tries to approach the absolute simply by mental speculation will ultimately realize the impersonal Brahman, and one who tries to approach the absolute through yoga practice will be able to realize Paramatma but one who has complete knowledge and spiritual understanding realizes the spiritual form of Bhagavan, the personality of Godhead. Devotees of the personality of Godhead know that Sri Krishna, the son of the king of Raja, is the absolute truth. They do not discriminate between Krishna's name, form, qualities, and pastimes. One who wants to separate the Lord's absolute name, form, and qualities from the Lord himself must be understood to be lacking in absolute knowledge. A pure devotee knows that when he chants the transcendental name Krishna, Sri Krishna is present as transcendental sound. He therefore chants with full respect and veneration. When he sees the forms of Sri Krishna, he does not see anything different from the Lord. If one sees otherwise, he must be considered untrained in absolute knowledge. This lack of absolute knowledge is called maya, one who is not Krishna conscious is ruled by the spell of Maya under the control of a duality in knowledge. In the Absolute, all manifestations of the Supreme Lord are non-dual, just as the multifarious forms of Vishnu, the controller of Maya, are non-dual. Empiric philosophers, empiric philosophers who pursue the impersonal Brahman accepts only the knowledge that the personality of the living entity is not different from the personality of the Supreme Lord, and mystic yogis who try to locate the Paramatma accept only the knowledge that the pure soul is not different from the Supersoul. The absolute conception of a pure devotee, however, includes all others. A devotee does not see anything except in its relationship with Krishna and therefore his realization is the most perfect of all. Tahara Angera Shuddha Kiran Mandala Upanishad Kahe Tare 
Brahma Sunirmal. What the Upanishads call the transcendental impersonal Brahman is the realm of the glowing effulgence of the same Supreme Person. Purport, three mantras of the Mundaka Upanishad give information regarding the bodily effulgence of the Supreme Personality of God. They state, Hiranmayi Parakoshe Virajam Brahma Nishkalam Tachchu Brahm Jyotisam Jyotis Tadyad Atma Vido Vidu Natatrasuryo Bhati Na Chandra Tarakam Nema Vidyuto Bhanti Kato Yam Agni Tameva Bantam Anupati Sarvam Tasya Bhasya Sarvam Idam Vipati Brahme Vedam Amritam Purastad Brahma Paschad Brahma Dakshinat Natash Chotarina Adash Chodvamcha Prashritam Brahmai Vedham Vishvam Idam Vrishtam In the spiritual realm beyond the material covering is the unlimited Brahman, Brahman effulgence, which is free from material contamination. That effulgence, white light, is understood by transcendentalists to be the light of all lights. In that realm, there is no need of sunshine, moonshine, fire, or electricity for illumination. Indeed, whatever illumination appears in the material world is only a reflection of that supreme illumination. That Brahman is in front and in back in the north, south, east, and west, and also overhead and below. In other words, <clears throat> that supreme Brahman effulgence spread, spreads throughout both the material and the spiritual skies. Charma Chakshe Deke Jaiche Surya Nirvishesh Jnana Marge Laite Nare Krishnera Vishesh. As with the naked eye, one cannot know the sun except as a glowing substance. Merely by philosophical speculation, one cannot understand Lord Krishna's transcendental varieties. Yasya prabhapapato jagadannokoti koti shvashesha vasudari viputi bindam tad brahmanishkalam anantam putam Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord who is endowed with great power. The glowing, the glowing effulgence of his transcendental form is the impersonal Brahman, which is absolute, complete, and unlimited, and which displays the varieties of countless planets with their different opulences in millions and millions of universes. Purport this verse appears in the Brahma Sanghita. Each and every one of the countless universes is full of innumerable planets with different constitutions and atmospheres. All of them come from the unlimited non-dual Brahman, or complete whole, which exists in absolute knowledge. The origin of that unlimited Brahman, effulgence, is the transcendental body of Govinda, who is offered respectful obeisances as the original and supreme personality of Godhead. Koti Koti Brahmande J Brahmera Vibhuti She Brahma Govindera Hoy Anga Kanti. Lord Brahma said, The opulences of the impersonal Brahman spread throughout the millions and millions of universes. 
the opulences of the impersonal Brahman spread throughout the millions of universes, millions and millions. That Brahman is but the bodily effulgence of Govinda. She Govinda bhaji ami tehon mor pati tahara prasari mor hai shushta shakti I worship Govinda, he is my Lord, only by his grace am I empowered to create the universe. Purport. Although the sun is situated far away from the other planets, its rays sustain and maintain them all. Indeed, the sun diffuses its heat and light all over the universe. Similarly, the Supreme Sun, Govinda, diffuses his heat and light everywhere in the form of his different potencies. The sun's heat and light are non-different from the sun. In the same way, the unlimited potencies of Govinda are non-different from Govinda himself. Therefore, the all-pervasive Brahman is the all-pervasive Govinda. The Bhagavad Gita 1427 clearly mentions that the impersonal Brahman is dependent upon Govinda. That is the real conception of absolute knowledge. Muniyo vāta shamana urva mantina brahmakyam dhamaye te yanti shanta sanyasinomala Naked saints and sannyasis who undergo severe physical penances who can raise the semen to the brain. And, are, and who are completely equipoised in Brahman can live in the realm known as Brahmaloka. Purport. In this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 11.647, Vata Vasana refers to mendicants who do not care about anything material, including clothing, but who depend wholly on nature. Such sages do not cover their bodies even in severe winter and scorching sunshine. They take great pains not to avoid any kind of bodily suffering and they live by begging from door to door. They never discharge their semen, either knowingly or unknowingly. By such celibacy, they are able to raise the semen to the brain. Thus, they become most intelligent and develop very sharp memories. Their minds are never disturbed or diverted from contemplation on the absolute truth, nor are they ever contaminated by desire for material enjoyment. By practicing austerities under strict discipline, such mendicants attain a neutral state transcendental to the modes of nature and merge into the impersonal Brahman. 18. Atmantaryami jar yoga shastrikoi seha govindera anksha vibhuti jai. He who is described in the Yoga Shastras as the indwelling supersoul, Atma Antaryami, is also a plenary portion of Govinda's personal expansion. Purport. The Supreme Personality of God is by nature joyful. His enjoyments or pastimes are completely transcendental. He is in the fourth dimension of existence. For although the material world is measured by the limitations of length, breadth, and height, the Supreme Lord is completely unlimited in his body, form, and existence. He is not personally attached to any of the affairs within the material cosmos. The material world is created by the expansion of his Purusha avatars, who direct the aggregate material energy and all the conditioned souls. By understanding the three expansions of the Purusha 
a living entity can transcend the position of knowing only the 24 elements of the material world. One of the expansions of Mahavishnu is Shirdakshai Vishnu, the super soul within every living entity. As a super soul of the total aggregate of living entities, or the second Purusha, he is known as Garbhadakshai Vishnu, as the creator or original cause of innumerable universes, or the first Purusha, who is lying on the causal ocean, he is called Mahavishnu. The three Purushas direct the affairs of the material world. The authorized scriptures direct the individual souls to revive their relationship with the Supersoul. Indeed, the system of yoga is the process of transcending the influence of the material elements by establishing a connection with the Supersoul known as Paramatma. One who has thoroughly studied the intricacies of creation can know very easily that this Paramatma is the plenary portion of the Supreme Being, Sri Krishna. Ananta Spatike Jaiche Aksurya Bhashe Taiche Jive Govindera Anksha Prakashe As the one sun appears reflected in countless jewels, so Govinda manifests himself as Paramatma in the hearts of all living beings. Fairport. The sun is situated in a specific location, but is reflected in countless jewels and appears in innumerable localized aspects. Similarly, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although eternally present in his transcendental abode, Goloka Vrindavan is reflected in everyone's heart as the Supersoul. In the Upanishads, it is said that the Jiva, living entity, and the Paramatma, Supersoul, are like two birds sitting in the same tree. The Supersoul engages the living entity in executing fruit of work as a result of his deeds in the past, but the Paramatma has nothing to do with such engagements. As soon as the living being ceases to act in terms of fruit of work and takes to the service of the Lord, the Paramatma, coming to know his supremacy, he is immediately freed from all designations, and in that pure state he enters the kingdom of God known as Vaikuntha. The Paramatma, the su or Supersoul, the guide of the individual living beings, does not take part in fulfilling the desires of the living beings, but he arranges for their fulfillment by material nature. As soon as an individual soul becomes conscious of his eternal relationship with the Supersoul and looks only toward him, he at once becomes free from the entanglements of material enjoyment. Christian philosophers who do not believe in the law of karma put forward the argument that it is absurd to say that one must accept the results of past deeds of which he has no consciousness. A criminal is first reminded of his misdeeds by witnesses in a law court, and then he is punished. If death is complete forgetfulness, why should a person be punished for his past misdeeds? The conception of the Paramatma is an invincible answer to these fallacious arguments. The Paramatma is the witness of the past activities of the individual living being. A man may not remember what he has done in his childhood, but his father, who has seen him grow through different stages of development, certainly remembers. Similarly, the living being undergoes many changes of body through many lives. But the Supersoul is always with him and remembers all his activities, despite his evolution through different bodies. 
Okay. So I'm just looking to, to the um, chat box and I'm also looking to the ask and reflect online. <sighs> Whatever you call it. <laughs> the question catcher. Um, Hansapri is asking if it's only her or are we having trouble with the connection? And, okay. Uh, Shrikeshvari. By understanding the three Purushas transcending the 24 elements, can you please explain this from text 18? Text 18 says that... Um, The Supreme Personality of God, it is by nature joyful. He, his enjoyments or pastimes are completely transcendental. He is in the fourth dimension of existence. For although the material world is measured by the limitations of length, breadth, and height, the super, Supreme Lord is completely unlimited in his body, form, and existence. He is not personally attached to any of the affairs within the material cosmos. The material world is created by the expansion of his Purusha avatars who direct the aggregate material energy and all the conditioned souls. By understanding the three expansions of the Purusha, a living entity can transcend the position of knowing only the 24 elements of the material world. Is that the section you were speaking about? Yes, brother. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, <clears throat> there's ways in which... Um, Different uh, people by different approaches come to understand the difference between Purusha and Prakriti. So this uh, difference between the conscious being called Purusha or also the Jiva and Prakriti is arrived at uh, in different ways. Um, and so is knowledge of the super soul. But it is the uh, beginning of knowledge, as Krishna says in the Gita, Shetra Gnam Chapi Mamvidi Sarva Shetri Shubharata, Shetra Shetra Deyo Gyanam Yatach Gyanam Matamama. And as we heard earlier, some people speculate and uh, they perform severe austerities to come to the point of quieting the senses in the mind and then seeing the difference. And then in the uh, 13th chapter of the Gita, 25th verse, Krishna says, Jnanin atmani pashanti kechid atmanam atmana anye sankina yogina karma yogina chapare. Some perceive the supersoul within themselves through meditation, others through the cultivation of knowledge, and still others through working without fruit of desires. In the purport, the Lord informs Arjuna that the conditioned souls can be divided into two classes as far as man's search for self-realization is concerned. Those who are atheists, agnostics, and skeptics are beyond this sense of spiritual understanding, but there are others who are faithful in their understanding of spiritual life, and they are called introspective devotees, philosophers, and workers who have renounced fruit of results. 
those who always try to establish the doctrine of monism are also counted among the atheists and agnostics. In other words, only the devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are best situated in spiritual understanding because they understand that beyond this material nature are the spiritual world and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is expanded as the Paramatma, the Supersoul in everyone, the all-pervading Godhead. Of course, there are those who try to understand the Supreme Absolute Truth by cultivation of knowledge, and they can be counted in the class of the faithful. The Sankhya philosophers analyze this material world into 24 elements, and they place the individual soul as the 25th item. When they are able to understand the nature of the individual soul to be transcendental to the material elements, they are able to understand also that above the individual soul, there is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the 26th element. Thus, gradually, they also come to understand the standard of devotional service in Krishna consciousness. Those who work without fruitive results are also perfect in their attitude. They are given a chance to advance to the platform of devotional service in Krishna consciousness. Here it is stated that there are some people who are pure in consciousness and who try to find out the super soul by meditation. And when they discover the super soul within themselves, they become transcendentally situated. Similarly, there are others who also try to understand the Supreme Soul by cultivation of knowledge, and there are others who cultivate the Hakta Yoga system and who try to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by childish activities, for all you Hatha Yogis out there. <laughs> Just, um, so this is a, a point that uh, Patanjali makes in the Yoga Sutras also, that through stilling the mind, one may gradually come to see the difference between the buddhi and the self and then actually just become aware of the self and there's various practices that one enters into but he says of all the practices ishvara pranidhan or realizing the super soul within is uh, the shortcut uh, because as krishna says in the gita if you just know me and know my, my transcendental nature by by proximity to Krishna, by thinking of Krishna, by serving Krishna, then one, through his influence, rises above the material modes of nature. Um, so knowing the Supersoul and knowing these three Purushas is the, um, although by various means uh, of approach, the way in which uh, someone rises above the, the three modes of material nature and comes to know the self and the difference between consciousness and matter and so forth. Uh, Natalie, Hare Krishna. Um, in the purport for verse 17, it says that the sages focus on the absolute truth. If they're focusing on the absolute truth, though, why do they merge into the impersonal Brahman? Well, the, the absolute truth is known in three aspects. One is Brahman, or the impersonal aspect, and then there's Paramatma, or the localized aspect within the heart, and Bhagavan, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So it means that they're focusing on uh, the absolute truth in, the impersonal, in his impersonal feature. And here we have from Nijad Tam, Prabhu, who says, in this verse, Brahma Loka implies impersonal Brahman. How do I reconcile 
the all-pervasive aspect of impersonal Brahman to Brahmalok. Brahmalok appears to indicate a place or loka. In this case, and there are different terminologies, it indicates the um, area of the uh, imp of the Brahman effulgence of the Lord, which is beyond the Viraja River, which is also called Brahmalok. And it doesn't it doesn't refer to uh, Brahma's planet, and also doesn't refer to a planet, but to a region, actually. Okay, please. Uh, oh, Narayan says, uh, Hare Krishna, in the purport 2.19, it is stated that as soon as an individual soul becomes conscious of his eternal relationship with the super soul and looks only toward him, he at once becomes free from the entanglements of material enjoyment. How does one communicate with the super soul and follow instructions of the super soul? The way you communicate with the super soul is by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and listening uh, to him first through Bhagavad Gita, become acquainted with that, and then uh, through Buddha Yoga, Krishna will instruct you from within the heart. You can uh, take instruction from in the heart when you're purified and externally take instruction from Bhagavad Gita and from the spiritual master. So from uh, Guru Sadhana Shastra and also from Super Soul within your heart. Krishna is always communing with, communicating with us. It's just that uh, there is a lot of noise going on in my mind so I don't hear him or I'm ignoring him because I have my other desires. But as soon as we become sincere and dedicated, Tesham Satata Yuktanam Bhajatam Purvakam Dharami Yogam Tam Yenamam Upayantite, Krishna says in the Gita that if you're sincere about approaching me, then I'll direct you from within your heart. I'll give you the, the instruction how to come to me. Okay, we're back to the um, verses. Oh, uh, any anybody from the Zoom room who wants to ask a question, please go ahead. I just, Dandu uh, Pranams Maharaj, I just had a request of all those who are watching on Zoom. If you can post your questions on the link that Balram had posted. Balram, if you can post the link again, rather than posting them right on the Zoom, because we're capturing those questions for posterity also. Thank you so much. It slices, it dices, it puts them in a special place. And we get to keep them that way. We're saving whatever you ask. They're important questions. So uh, anybody from the Zoom room want to ask a question? No, they're starting to pour in over here now. So, oh, no, they're not. There's just the um, link if you want to go to the ISV library and post your question. Hare Krishna, Bhakti Alex. Hare Krishna. Uh, I have a kind of technical question. Uh, so just trying to visualize like the process by which the material universes are created. We, I think we understand Mahavishnu glances at Pradhana, which is the total material energy, and then um, after that, then the universes start emanating from his cores. And so I'm wondering, like, what happens in between? Like, does Pradhan then, like, enter Mahavishnu's body in a way, and then the universes start emanating from his pores? Or, like, what happens between when the living entities become injected into material nature and then the universe is start emanating from Mahavishnu's pores. 
Well, Mahavishnu is in a transcendental position in the causal ocean, and he glances at the material energy, which impregnates the material energy with the uh, living entities. And then there's uh, also time and karma that uh, begin the movements of the material nature. Um, from there, the, um, the Garbhadakshai Vishnu lies down within the... Uh, well, then there's a, there is an emanation, yes. It's described in the seventh canto that, that the um, that universes themselves like a golden egg. And then each one of those that emanates from the body of Mahavishnu uh, is inhabited by Garbhadakshai Vishnu, who then manifests Brahma. And then uh, Brahma becomes a secondary creator. And then Shirdakshai Vishnu enters within the various uh, entities within that uh, material nature. But it is described how the through the pores of Mahavishnu exit the, um, the, the, the various universes. So uh, we can uh, look up that section from the second canto and get a, a little bit more of the chronology, if you like. Um, it'll take me a second to turn around and grab that book. So this comes in the chapter of the Purusha Sukta Confirmed. And it'll be two, uh, second canto, sixth chapter. Uh, you can go to Uh, text number 42. Karnadakshai Vishnu is the first incarnation of the Supreme Lord, and he is the master of eternal time, space, cause, and effects. Mind, the elements, the material ego, the modes of nature, the senses, the universal form of the Lord, Garbhadakshai Vishnu, and the sum total of all living beings, both moving and non-moving. purport that the material creation is not permanent has been discussed many times here and before the material creation is but a temporary exhibition of the material energy of the almighty lord almighty god 
This material manifestation is necessary to give a chance to the conditioned souls who are unwilling to associate with the Lord in the relationship of loving transcendental service. Such unwilling conditioned souls are not allowed to enter into the liberated life of spiritual existence because at heart they are not willing to serve. Instead, they want to enjoy themselves as imitation gods. The living entities are constitutionally eternal servitors of the Lord, but some of them, because of misusing their independence, do not wish to serve. Therefore, they are allowed to enjoy the material nature, which is called maya or illusion. It is called illusion because the living beings under the clutches of maya are not factually enjoyers, although they think they are being illusioned by maya. Such illusioned living entities are given a chance at intervals to rectify their perverted mentality of becoming false masters of the material nature, and they are imparted lessons from the Vedas about their eternal relationship with the Supreme Lord. So the temporary creation of the material manifestation is an exhibition of the material energy of the Lord, and to manage the whole show, the Supreme Lord incarnates himself as, Kar- as the Karnadakshai Vishnu, just as a magistrate is deputed by the government to manage affairs temporarily. This Karnadakshai Vishnu causes the material manifestation of material creation by looking over his material energy, Saikshita. In the first volume, of this book, we have already discussed to some extent the explanation of the Jagrihe Podrasham Rupam. The duration of the illusory play of material creation is called a kulpa, and we have already discussed the creations taking place in kulpa after kulpa. By his incarnation and the activities of his potency, the complete ingredients of creation, namely time, space, cause, result, mind, the gross and subtle elements and their interactional modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. And then the senses and their reservoir source, the gigantic universal form, as the second incarnation, Garbhadakshay Vishnu, uh, and all living beings, both moving and standing, which come out of the secondary incarnation, all became manifested. Ultimately, all these creative elements and the creation itself are but manifestations of the Supreme Lord's potencies. Nothing is independent of the control of the Supreme Being. This first incarnation in the material creation, namely Kardadakshai Vishnu, is the plenary part of the original personality of God in Sri Krishna, described in the Brahma Sanghita as follows. Yashaika Nishvasitakalamatavalambya Jivanti Loma Vilajajagadananata Vishnur Mahansa Ihayascha Kalavishesho Govindam Adi Purusham Tamahambajami. Uh, all the innumerable universes are maintained only during the breathing period of Ma Vishnu or Karnadakshai Vishnu, who is, who is uh, only a plenary part of Govinda, the original personality of Godhead. And three nineteen. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, go to um, Bhagavatam 326, 326, uh, 52, please. Make it 51, if you don't mind. Thank you. Uh, here we have, from these seven principles roused into activity and united by the presence of the Lord, an unintelligent egg arose from which appeared the celebrated cosmic being. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back a little further, actually. It gets very technical back here. And we're, and we're okay here. Let's try from here. Um, okay, so the celebrated cosmic being purport in sex life, the combination of matter from the parents, which involves emulsification and secretion, creates the situation whereby a soul is received within matter and the combination of matter gradually develops into a complete body. The same principle exists in the universal creation. The ingredients are present, but only when the Lord enters into the material elements is matter actually agitated. That is the cause of creation. We can see this in our ordinary experience. Although we may have clay, water, and fire, the elements take the shape of a brick only when we labor to combine them. Without the living energy, there's no possibility that matter can take shape. Similarly, this material world does not develop unless agitated by the Supreme Lord as the Virata Purusha. Yasmad Udatishtad Asau Virat. By his agitation, space was created and the universal form of the Lord also manifested therein. Next, please. Translation. This universal egg, or the universe in the shape of an egg, is called the manifestation of material energy. Its layers of water, air, fire, sky, ego, and mahatattva increase in thickness one after another. Each layer is ten times bigger than the previous one, and the final outside layer is covered by pradhana. Within this egg is the universal form of Lord Hari, of whose body the 14 planetary systems are parts. Purport, this universe or the universal sky which we can visualize with its innumerable planets is shaped just like an egg. As an egg is covered by a shell, the universe is also covered by various layers. The first layer is water, the next is fire, then air, then sky, and then the ultimate holding crust is pradana. Within this egg-like universe is the universal form of the Lord as the Virat Purusha. All the different plenary situations are parts of his body. This is already explained in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam's second canto. The plenary systems are considered to form different bodily parts of that universal form of the Lord. Persons who cannot directly engage in the worship of the transcendental form of the Lord are advised to think of and worship this universal form. The lowest planetary system, Patala, is considered to be the soul of the Supreme Lord, and the earth is considered to be the belly of the Lord. Brahma Loka, or the highest planetary system where Brahma lives, is considered to be the head of the Lord. This Virat Purusha is considered an incarnation of the Lord. The original form of the Lord is Krishna, 
as confirmed in the Brahma Samhita, Adi Purusha. The Virat Purusha is also Purusha, but he is not Adi Purusha. The Adi Purusha is Krishna, Ishvara Paramakrishna, Sakchidananda Vigraha, Anadir Adir Govinda. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is also accepted as the Adi Purusha, the original. Krishna says, No one is greater than me. There are innumerable, no one is greater than me. There are innumerable expansions of the Lord, and all of them are Purushas or enjoyers. But neither the Virat Purusha nor the Purusha avatars, Karda Dakshai Vishnu, Garbha Dakshai Vishnu, and Shir Dakshai Vishnu, nor any of the many other expansions is the original. In each universe, there are Garbha Dakshai Vishnu, the Virat Purusha, and Shir Dakshai Vishnu. The active manifestation of the Virat Purusha is described here. Persons who are in the lower grade of understanding regarding the Supreme Personality of Godhead may think of the universal form of the Lord, for that is advised in the Bhagavatam. The dimensions of the universe are estimated here. The outer covering is made of layers of water, air, fire, sky, ego, and mahatattva, and each layer is ten times greater than the previous one. The space within the hollow of the universe cannot be measured by any human scientist or anyone else. And beyond the hollow, there are seven coverings, one each, each one ten times greater than the one preceding it. The layer of water is ten times greater than the diameter of the universe, and the layer of fire is ten times greater than that of water. Similarly, the layer of air is ten times greater than that of fire. These dimensions are all inconceivable to the tiny brain of a human being. It is also stated that this description is of only one egg-like universe. There are innumerable universes besides this one, besides this one, and some of them are many, many times greater. It is considered, in fact, that this universe is the smallest. Therefore, the predominating superintendent or Brahma has only four heads for management. In other universes which are far greater than this one, Brahma has more heads. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is stated that all these Brahmas were called one day by Lord Krishna on the inquiry of the, of the small Brahma, who after seeing all the larger Brahmas was thunderstruck. This is the inconceivable potency of the Lord. No one can measure the length and breadth of God by speculation or false identification with God. These attempts are symptoms of lunacy. Let's see the next verse, please. We're trying to get back to the Big Bang. The Supreme Personality of God of Virapurusha situated himself in that golden egg which was lying on the water and he divided it into many departments. Next. Um, first, okay, now we're going into the, we're already in the universe, so I'm trying to get back to the Big Bang. Krishna, Krishna. 
Um, okay, uh, to find out, you know, the exact verses where they, when the eggs emanate, I'm going to have to search a little bit more. And we'll, we'll mark this one and get back to you, Buck to Alex. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah, you you're very welcome. Much. Thanks for your question. Okay. Let's see. Where's my list? Here we have a um, bunch of questions. Okay. Sukeshri says, uh, by understanding the three Purushas, we heard that. And then we have Balaram. Many times Prabhupada mentions that the monists have incomplete knowledge or they are going for an inferior manifestation of the Lord. And he hinted the same in our reading today. But in the Srimad Bhagavatam 144, Shaunaka Muni says, his, Vyasadeva's son, was a great devotee and equibalanced monist whose mind was always concentrated in monism. He was transcendental to mundane activities, but being unexposed, he appeared like an ignorant person. I'm confused as to why Shukadeva was labeled a monist here, although he was the speaker of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Well, that was before he became enlightened. So uh, what happens is that uh, Shukadeva Goswami is uh, in the womb of his mother, and he stays there little extra time like a lot of years because he's enlightened even within the womb and doesn't want to come out knowing that the material energy is entangling he's not interested in it and uh, Vyasadeva his father calls Krishna to come Krishna comes and tells Shukadeva in the womb that you can come out you're not going to fall into Maya I guarantee you so then we know he comes out and who knows the verse when Shukadeva Goswami comes out of the womb who can recite it Someone from Youth Jam, maybe? Hint, hint, it's at the beginning of Divinity and Divine Service. Is it the verse? That, are you asking about the verse? You got it. Go ahead. You're talking about when he leaves the womb and he runs from home. Correct. Uh, and I'm forgetting the beginning of it. Um, Go ahead. Say it. You can go. Yam Pravajantam Manapetam Apeta Kratyam Vaipayano Virahakatara Ajuhava Putretitan Mayatayatra Bobhinedus Tamsarva Bhuta Hridayam Munimanatosmi Yaswanu Bhava Makila Shuti Sara may come at Yam Adipam Bidir Shatam Tamondam Sam Sari Nam Purana so here's the scene, Shukadev taking birth. He comes out of the womb and he, he doesn't want a sacred thread. He doesn't want anything to do with family life and he just starts heading for the forest. And his father is Vyasadev and he's running after him, calling out, come back, oh my son. And um, so, yeah, at that point, he's, in, he's a monist. Uh, He's absorbed in this uh, understanding of everything spiritual, and he's uh, <clears throat> avoiding the material energy altogether. So when he gets to the forest, his father sends out some of his disciples, and they recite verses in the forest, like, Aho bakiyam stanakadukutam jigamsaya. 
this is a verse about Payad Ap Yasad V, about um, precious pastimes in Vrindavan, like uh, Baki. Baki means uh, Putana, the sister of Bakasura. And in this verse, it's described by Uddhava about how merciful Krishna is, that Putana came to kill him, but he gave her liberation, just like a mother, because she expressed herself as a mother even as she was trying to kill him. And then when he hears these verses, he becomes attracted to them. So this is the one of the main and important points of the Bhagavatam. And that is that even a person who's a monist means he's not a monist like a mayavadi, he's like a brahmavadi. He's beyond the modes of material nature, but he hasn't realized the variety of the spiritual world yet. He doesn't know about Krishna. So when he when he hears these verses of the Bhagavatam, now his mind becomes attracted. And so uh, this is the, the proof that the Bhagavatam is completely transcendentalist, completely transcendental. Atma Ramas Jamunayo Nigranta Apyarukrame Bhakti Mahaitukim Bhaktim Itam Bhuta Gunohari. So the Bhagavatam and the descriptions of Krishna are beyond uh, the modes of material nature. They attract the mind even of the liberated souls, the Atmaramas, the Monas, that are beyond uh, the, the attraction of the material world. So then Shukadeva comes back and uh, then he hears the whole Bhagavatam from his father. He learns it from him because uh, he's attracted to it. And then he goes out knowing the Bhagavatam and it, Karunaya, Purana Guhyam. He's only interested now in giving mercy. As a, he has no business in the world. He's not interested in a hairstyle or any of the newest clothes because he doesn't wear any. Uh, this is the, the point. A person who has gone into Bhagavatam is not really concerned with the world anymore. They've already departed the world. Or those who want to depart the world just by hearing Bhagavatam. Shrinvatam Swakata Krishna Punya Shravanakirtana Hridyan Hibadrani Vidhunoti Suritsatam. They'll become completely purified and be able to transcend the modes of material nature because it's non different from Krishna. So then Shukadeva Goswami, as we know, meets Parikshit Maharaj and speaks what he learned from Srila Vyasadeva. So that's the answer to your question. And uh, we have a curiosity question from Ankit. I'd like to know where does Druva Loka lie? The pole star. Lord Vishnu gave him gave benediction to Druva Maharaj that his planet will not be destroyed even after material annihilation. So that means it must be outside this material world. But on the other hand, the spiritual world starts within personal Brahman and the Vaikuntha Lokas. No, they're they're actually there, there are um, some Vaikuntha planets even in this world. Um, in fact, above the Loka Lok planet, there is a uh, Vaikuntha planet even in the material world. And Druva Loka's planet is preserved by the Supreme Personality of Godhead even at the time of, of annihilation. And then Achyuta Bhava, Hare Krishna. Thanks for uh, joining so late at night. Thank you for, uh, for wonderful class. Thank you for saying so. 
I'm wondering if you could speak uh, to why the yogis worship the super soul. I thought they were interested in impersonal Brahman. I don't understand the different focuses. The super soul seems personal and not impersonal as well. So I'm trying to understand why the super soul realization isn't enough or how it is limited, uh, a limited understanding if it is Krishna in the heart. Hope this makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, uh, yogis in particular, uh, the process of yoga and meditation is especially mentioned in the in the Yoga Sutras uh, by Patanjali. He describes Ashtanga, or the process through which one can come to uh, Samadhi, the ultimate goal of these eight steps of yoga. And in the process of describing it, he talks about Ishvara Pranidhan, or uh, becoming aware of Ishvara within the heart. Really, in a simple way to understand is that um, according to how one surrenders to Krishna, Krishna rewards accordingly. And just as a, f a friend or family member of, of yours um, approaches you according to his or her relationship with you and you respond accordingly and reveal different aspects of yourself. So when, uh, when somebody approaches, for instance, through devotional service, this is a very personal way to approach Krishna. And um, it's based on approaching Krishna's devotees who are already dear to Krishna and also following in their footsteps of those who already have a personal relationship with Krishna. And by that process of bhakti, one realizes Bhagavan or the personality of Godhead. And as we talked about in other classes, it's um, not so much what you know, but who you know. And uh, when <laughs> Prabhupada used to describe this, he would talk about, if you love me, love my dog. And, it, and if one approaches Krishna, Nayam Sukapu Bhagavan, Dehinam Gopika Sutta, there are different methods of approaching, but the best is if one follows in the footsteps of the, 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 those who have love for Krishna already. And then... Um, there's a way that uh, Krishna accepts that person, reveals himself in a very personal way and shows his whole, uh, all of his aspects. So even in this, in, in this spiritual sky, there are various aspects of Krishna. For instance, in the Vaikuntha Lokas, um, the devotees are used to worshiping Krishna or approaching him through a mood of uh, reverent service. And in that mood of reverence, you don't uh, see everything about Krishna. Just as you may have noticed, and I noticed this a lot, what, in relating with uh, different friends, like let's say God brothers. I have many God brothers that I have uh, friendships with at, uh, to varying degrees. Some of them, for instance, if they're maybe older than I am or uh, they they are in a respectful position. Then when I meet them um, and I'm with them, I'll be more respectful. For instance, uh, some I wouldn't um, 
intentionally make a joke at their expense or I wouldn't, uh, if I bumped into them accidentally, I would uh, be very reverent and say, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to bump into you. But I have other friends where, uh, who are even seniors and so forth, but our friendship is so close that I would make a joke at their expense, probably not in front of a lot of people, but between the two of us, you know, we, uh, we, we cut each other down and make jokes back and forth and so forth. And, you know, if we bump into each other, it's, you know, we might even get into a mock fight and which we've done many times, uh, you know, we'll start fighting right in the kitchen, just joking around. And, uh, you know, because the relationship is different, uh, and so Krishna in the in Vaikuntha, there's a way in which everyone has this sense of reverence and he's showing his opulence. In in Goloka, the opulence is is uh, suppressed and the uh, the sweetness is there, the sweetness of the personal relationship with Krishna, and therefore the relationships are more deep. And when you have deep relationships with somebody, you reveal more of yourself. You you know you tell more about yourself. So Paramatma and Krishna are really the same person, but because of the approach, the way in which I'm relating to him is different. And yogis, you think about it, they're, you know, they're like taking this ashtanga process, like going up a ladder to look in somebody's window. That's their vision of the super soul. I mean, how much do you reveal to somebody who climbs up a ladder and then looks in a window at you? Hey, what are you doing in there? <laughs> so the yogis, they're trying to, climb this ladder of perception and come up to the point where they can see the super soul. Uh, and uh, the, those who, who see Brahman, they're not really interested in God at all. They have no sense of service. And so the, the impersonal Brahman is more of a, a, a way of them feeling relief from the, from the weight of karma in the material world. And uh, there's, there's not a, a real reciprocation. Uh, there's not reciprocity there between Krishna and, the, and the, those who are interested in Brahman. And there's a little more reciprocity, a relationship with uh, Krishna when he's in the form of the Paramatma. But you have to understand, Paramatma is like an order supplier for the living entities in the material world. Because this is the nature of the material world. Everyone's, everyone here wants something. As I, I want something for myself. And Krishna, okay, whatever you want, I give. I'll arrange it for you according to how you deserve through the modes of material nature. It's complicated, but you'll get it. And um, those who don't want anything from him and they want to serve him, start seeing him in a different way because Krishna reveals him in a, in a different way to, to um, reciprocate his devotee's love. So the approach... Um, changes how one sees sees the Lord. And um, the only relationship that's complete is when there's a complete love. So the yogis who see the Paramatma, they don't have complete love for the Paramatma. But as they do develop that, then uh, they'll see Shamasundar within their heart because that's the, the most lovable uh, aspect of Krishna. There are more qualities there and there's more intimacy that's when the love becomes very, very deep. 
Same person, he's one absolute truth. That's the verse we started with tonight. Vedanti tat tat vavidas tatvam yajjnanam advayam. Brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdite means advayajnantatva. God is one. There is no other. But he he manifests himself in various features. And he's always there in his personal feature, but I'm not seeing him because I don't have that sense of love for him. But Brahma Samhita Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanena Santak Sadaiva Hridayeshu Vilokeyanti Yam Shamasundaramachintu Gurasurupam Govindamari Purushamta Mahambajami. When one comes in contact with devotees, Vaishnavs, hears from them, hears Bhagavatam and starts to, to develop this love for Krishna, then it's said that their eyes are tinged with the salve of love. Then they see Shamasundar. And the aspect of Paramatma, I mean, you think a, a Paramatma, you know, it's like the supreme soul. These names are different. What's the difference between a Paramatma and Yashodanandan? Shodanandan, you're talking about <laughs> the son of Yashoda. There's this it's dripping with Vatsalya Bhav, the, the love of, of his mother. I mean, God's mother. I mean, the stories of the Briyat Bhagavatamrita when Gopa Kumar goes back to God, it will melt your heart because he's actually, you know, he gets to Goloka and he said, where is Nanda's, I want to know where Nanda's house is, <laughs> you know, because that's where Krishna lives. And he's going to see Krishna. And, um, and just to know that there's that kind of intimate relationship with God is uh, astounding kind of knowledge that comes down through the pure devotees that pass it down to us. So I hope that helps. Uh, here we have from Srivatsa, considering that the beginning of our Sampradaya is Lord Brahma, are there different bona fide sampradayas in other universes as there is a different Brahma in every universe. Yeah, there are bona fide sampradayas in every universe. And they, one of them starts with Brahma. Uh, Brahma is a post. And Krishna passes down the knowledge through Brahma, Narada, Vyasa, like that. And Shukeshri says, uh, can you explain about the want, the what's, about what's the name of the Vaikuntha planet in Loka Loka? Okay, let me look it up really quick. Loka Loka. Hold on. You will get, just now you will get. Loka. Loka, Vaikuntha, goodness, there were a lot of hits there. One moment, please. Oops, eighth canto. Um, Maharaj, I posted a link. Oh, you got a link there already, huh? I've got a Akashvani. See, Krishna speaks to you if you just try. Try to do the right thing and then you'll hear. 
Uh, where's the link? It's in the box, eh? Okay, here we go. Eighth Canto. Concerning, uh, let's see. Concerning Ajitasya Padam, the abode of the Supreme Personality of God in the Milk Ocean of this material world, Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, Padam Shirodhari Sta Shwetadipam Tamasaprakritipadam. The island known as Shwetadweep, which is in the ocean of milk, is transcendental. It has nothing to do with the material world. Uh, loka Loka. Sorry, a lot of delays here tonight. Um, okay. I don't see it in that purport. Maybe I'm missing it. Whoever the Akash Vani was. It was Radha Venkatabhupada. Aha. He's, he's good at that. Okay. Akila Loka. Uh, anyway, technical. I'll find it later. It's 8.5.5. 8.5.5. Thank you very much, Shraddha. If you'll go to 8.5.5, we can satisfy Sukeshri's requests. Okay, there. Loko Loka Namaskrita. Let's see the whole verse for evidence. Vaikunta Kalpito Yena Loka Loka Namaskrita. Ramaya Pratyamanena Divya Tatpriya Kamyaya. Just to please the goddess of fortune, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vaikuntha, at her request, created another Vaikuntha planet which is worshipped by everyone. Purport. Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur remarks here that this Vaikuntha planet, like Srimad Bhagavatam, by the way, appears and is said to be born or created. But both Srimad Bhagavatam and Vaikuntha eternally exist beyond the material universes which are enveloped by eight kinds of coverings. As described in the second canto, Lord Brahma saw Vaikuntha before the creation of the universe. Vira Raghavacharya mentions that this Vaikuntha is within the universe. It is situated above the mountain known as Loka Loka. This planet is worshipped by everyone. So Sukeshvari, you're going to have to go to Loka Loka to find out more about it. It's just above, so set your GPS. Thank you, Prabhu. Okay, and then we have uh, Srivatsa again. It is so awesome to see how all attractive Krishna's pastimes are attractive to everyone. It strengthens the point that Bhagavatam is going to attract you whether you like it or not. Some verses that come to mind are Brahmarpidam and uh, now. Naumidya and Brisha Vapushe. On another note, listening to this class makes the Bhagavatam feature of the Lord feature of the Lord seem Bhagavan feature of the Lord seem that much more amazing and desirable. It reminds me of how all other processes might grant one liberation, but the thing to strive for is pure devotional service as as it gives the highest satisfaction. Thank you. Achutabhava, thank you. That was clarifying. Is there a simple way to make sure we are praying to Krishna and not Paramatma? Or will we come to understand the, uh, those distinctions in time? Yeah, we'll definitely come to see the distinctions in time. And, and uh, by the, 
by the process of, of hearing and chanting, everything becomes uh, clarified in our relationship with Krishna. And uh, the books that we have, like the Nectar of Devotion and the Bhagavatam, are giving us um, a complete understanding of Krishna, the personality of Godhead, as well as his relationship with his devotees. So if, as you go on hearing Bhagavatam and chanting Hare Krishna, in the association of devotees, uh, Krishna will, will reveal himself through the Bhagavatam and through the association of the Bhagavatas, those who are worshiping Krishna in that way. But you can pray to the super soul. It's Krishna. It's, they're, they're all Krishna. There's no difference. Just different mood, that's all. And really it's just a matter of, of um, how you uh, become... Uh, sincere, sincerely dedicated to him, and gradually he'll reveal himself. Okay, so um, we read Chaitanya Charnamita. Let's just see if anybody has any realizations from your life or your life situation. What the heck's going on out there? How y'all doing? Huh? So I was just um, realizing like one of our close relatives passed away and also like uh, so many um, uh, people um, like were crying and all those things but still some of the relatives were saying that oh if corona was not, wasn't there there will be so many people to mourn um, like and help the family which is suffering but uh, they said that only 25 people can attend the last rites. But then um, they were saying that when the liquor shop was opened, uh, there were like 2,000 people lining down. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how this, um, even though like we want to maintain and everything, the material world makes it so difficult that um, like even the loud ones cannot help us at the right time. And uh, it takes the opposite direction. So how much we should be dependent on Krishna because uh, life can be taken away. Any opportunity can be taken away at any time. So how much gratitude is important. And thinking of Krishna, especially in gratitude, is so much important at this time. So I was just realizing that. Wow, you were loaded up, ready to go. That's really nice. <laughs> no, it, it's important. You know, you live a life of devotion. It means you're having realizations. And these are um, genuine. They're, they're coming because you're chanting Hare Krishna. You're seeing the world in a different way. And uh, these uh, fortify us. Yes, yeah, Shamalangi, go ahead. I could tell you wanted to say something. Uh, one thing I wanted to say, I think in one of your uh, Bhakti on classes, you were saying, you know, seeing the sunrise can be very uplifting. Yes. So, so I've been trying to observe that, and it is actually uplifting. I just wanted to say Oh, good. That. Yeah, there's a whole description in the fifth canto. When you read about what's actually going on with the sun, <laughs> it's pretty amazing <laughs> with all the bards uh, offering prayers and, and things like that. But it is the most wonderful event of the day. And uh, actually, Bart Maharaj, when he was out in the forest, he was worshiping the sun god. Narayana Sanivistaha Kiyuravan Makalak 
Kundalvan Kiriti Hari Haranmaya Vipur Vapur Jitrashanka Chakra. You know, he's seeing the sun and just overwhelmed uh, worshiping Krishna and the sun, and he he developed a very high state. Yes, who's next? Hare Krishna Maharaj Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Uh, Maharaj, uh, I was reading recently in Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam, where uh, Prabhupada was mentioning that uh, we need to take care of our, our own journey. You know, all the relatives and all the family friends, you know, they are there for some time. And when recently my uh, cousin, he was, you know, uh, has to go to the hospital. So when uh, we went to the hospital, but they didn't let us go in. Mm. So you are just waiting outside, even his wife. So I was just thinking at the time, you know, this is how... Uh, the situation has become so different, but eventually I, the same uh, word of Prabhupada was resonating in my head, you know, hey, it is your own journey, individual journey, you need to carry forward. So I was just correlating that. Nice realization, yeah. And it's important to remember that because as Prabhupada writes that we fly our own plane, you may... Yeah, right, right. Sorry, that was the same one. I, I read yeah, that. You, you know, you're, t you're taking all these lessons and then you know, sooner or later, you have to take up your solo flight, right? Right. Yeah. Very nice. I, yes. I I had to get a, a filling done, and uh, somehow I ended up with a lot of pain on my tooth. And my doctor said, "Well, don't worry about it; it'll be gone in a while." And it's it 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 went, but it was there for about a week or two, kind of a constant pain. I was difficult to focus. I noticed that it was difficult to focus on anything. I just barely managed to keep my day running with my rounds and everything. It was a constant distraction. And then suddenly when the pain went away, I realized, I just looked up and said, oh my God. I mean, to live a life, to be in constant pain is such a challenge when you want to be Krishna conscious. And that day when, when I, was, I, was, I was praying to God saying, why are you leaving me like this? Get it away so I can do some service. And when it went away, there was this really strong realization that one day I'm going to be in this constant pain. And now today I have a day that's pain-free. So I should really try harder. And there's nothing else distracting me. Yeah, nice. Nice to realize. And also take advantage while you can. Yeah. Oh, Hare Krishna. So it's just so nice that, uh, you know, we know that Wednesday evening, Saturdays and Sundays, we have our, our place where we can go to to feel like relief and liberated. And this morning... We, my company, we had our uh, team, uh, all hands, and our executive, who is African-American, Tony Van Winkle, she was mentioning that she she was at home, and one of the Sunday morning, her son asked, Mom, if I can go for a hike in Santa Cruz Mountain, because he's been cooped up in the house. But Mom said that, Tony said, I don't know, son, if you can go, because if you go, I'm not sure if you will come back. So because of this uh, BLM and uh, she's worried and she's such a high post executive but can't really have a freedom that she can give to her son. And I was just thinking, we are actually, you know, feeling that no freedom unless we hear, uh, you know, and this evening after listening to your class, I feel like liberated and feel like I do have my freedom by hearing you know, chanting and vibration and association of the devotee. Nice realization. So thanks for it. Yeah, it's really important. Uh, we were talking today to Pardon Ujwala Ras about how in the, 
in the um, pastimes of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mentions about Haridas Thakur, the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Haridas Thakur is, goes to, to, to prison because uh, he's, uh, the Muslims don't like him. It's a Muslim government. They had their own BLM thing going on back there and uh, at that time. And so, you know, he gets thrown in jail because he's chanting Hare Krishna and they're persecuting him. And then uh, all of the prisoners recognize, you know, they just put a saint in here with us. So that's a big deal. And uh, they started, um, you know, worshiping him and trying to, you know, get, uh, get some knowledge from him. So they asked for benediction and he, he said... Uh, my blessing to you is to stay as you are. <laughs> and he saw that they looked a little morose. He's like, what do you mean stay as we are? We're in jail. And, uh, and he said, no, I didn't mean that. I meant that, remember, stay, stay as you are right now. You know, you're seeing a, a devotee and then you're putting out your heart. And, but you're still in jail, but you forgot you're in jail. And I've been noticing uh, Nirkula and I go for a walk in the evenings and then uh, things at, at first everything was totally closed uh, nothing open and everyone had there was this really st uh, there was a stillness in the air and people uh, were very um, aware acutely aware of the danger of the material world and so forth and then as things have opened up it just everyone's going to these restaurants and the, uh, there's you know music bars drinking and I was thinking, what's the use of coming back out if the vibration is like that's what you're coming out to get is back to that, you know, to eat some meat and, and drink and things like that. It's just like, I mean, you might as well stay in and, and be in that consciousness that, wow, this, I mean, I'm not trying to curse everyone to stay in, but I'm just saying that Haridas Thakur said it, stay as you are in that consciousness. And devotional service means to be in that consciousness always. And it doesn't matter for devotees where they are. Narayana paraksarve nakutashchana bibhyati swarga pavarga narakeshu apitulyarta darshina. Tulya means same. For devotees, same, same. You're up, down, here, there, locked in, out on the street, same thing, because you're going into... Uh, the zone where Krishna is present in his holy names. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Thank thank you. Another, yeah, thank you, Hansapriya. Another realization? Maras? Yes? This is Tadiya. Um, I just wanted to share something. Okay. Um, before coming to Krishna consciousness, um, you know, I was, uh, I was suffering. You know, it's not that but I don't know the answer why I am suffering. And uh, my whole life was like, uh, I was trying to, you know, even though I wasn't uh, an adult at that time, you know, I was just a kid and then a teenager. But even then I was influenced by the problems of this material life. So I used to try to solve problem one after another. And when I solve one problem, I used to get another problem. So I got so fed up with that, uh, you know, trying to find the solutions to the problems of life. that I used to think, when does this really end? Where, you know, the, I was like, it, it's like so much intense pain. And fortunately, I got into association of devotees, you know, fortunately, I started reading Bhagavad Gita. Fortunately, I started reading uh, Srimad Bhagavatam and uh, taking prasad. 
so that reduced my you know that those uh, intense emotions then you know like i started to feel maybe you know life is not that bad so i started uh, to feel you know oh, it's uh, there's some hope it's not, it's not a completely hopeless situation um, i was in before so but now the thing is we have to take the advantage of the association of devotees and time just passes by you know it's time just passes by you can just waste your time doing things that are not related to bhakti so association of devotees reading bhagavatam bhagavad gita taking prasad and keeping us engaged in krishna consciousness is a very very positive alternative thank you for testifying these testimonials are very powerful i was like this and i took the devotional service i became like that my suggestion is take every day as a special unit where we have an opportunity and also don't get overwhelmed with trying to think that you have to be perfect every sing in every single unit of a day do the best you can and try to develop a, a regulated momentum or regulation that turns into momentum in your practice of devotional service you got to get your own bhajan going something where you feel really happy about doing your mantras and the other practices that you do every day and if you can get those on a regular going on a regular basis organize yourself around that principle do some shlokas be dedicated to a, a shastra like the gita or the upadeshamrita or the bhagavatam be dedicated to it and go to it every day like you go to a well to drink some water and and go into it hear those vibrations and get your tongue moving get your ear hearing and do some service every day that you can stay regulated with and when you get that going you can make your day a success even if your whole day isn't filled with it you have to have that bhajan going every day the the hearing and the chanting and so forth it's the only medicine and if you add those up end after end on end day after day then uh you get a, a an opportunity to do more which is a great reward the taste that you can get by dedication to the process that comes is the greatest reward of all and that's uh something that um comes by krishna's mercy so become attached to your bhajan to your chanting of of rounds try to do more when you can and um try to uh, just work away at it every day and don't get discouraged if there's uh ways ways that you your mind gets distracted just keep coming back to it one thing that does help is uh powering down if you power down everything before you start your bhajan like let's just say you're going to chant a chapter of gita and do your rounds basic stuff you know so now turn off your phone what else can you turn off laptop turn off your laptop all the way off what else phone laptop anything else television off the internet television cut the cord unplug it before you cut it but television. television forget it get rid of that thing and then watch if your watch is picking up signals get take that off put it in another place this is so powerful turn off the lights too you don't need electricity coming in all day power down everything and then just relish being there with your bhajan and if you can get that little bit of relishment from a little bit of relish 
from the uh, uh, you know the bhajan that you're doing every day, using your own tongue and your own ears and just your dedication to it, then this will take you on on wings back to the spiritual world. It's so powerful. And uh, you don't care if you're inside. You hope you stay in here for another few years so you can really get it going more. Come on, thank you. Hare Krishna. Okay. Well, anyway, you know, uh, ISV just did something that blew everybody's mind. That uh, these scores, you know, I was on the annual general meeting for the BBT trustees and I showed them. I've showed other God brothers and, you know, uh, Keisha Bardimars wrote me back. He said, um, after I showed, <laughs> I showed him, I showed him a few things that we were doing and he, he heard the scores, you know. What did he say? He wrote me on WhatsApp, I guess. I can't figure out where all these messages come from. But uh, now I can't find it because I have too many portals to hear messages from. But he said, I can't sleep. You know, he said after he heard it, he couldn't sleep. And others were, were dumbfounded. And it's, you know, this is significant. It's Krishna's mercy that we're trying to do something and he's reciprocating and we're all involved in it together. And this is uh, how Lord Chaitanya's mercy descends upon us. So even in lockdown, we're di we did something that um, people thought were, wasn't doable. We didn't even know if it was ourselves, but we do know for sure that when we take shelter of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that he performs miracles. So we'll just keep doing it. And congratulations to everybody who was involved, 360 devotees who participated in this whole thing. Bravo. And by the way, just so nobody gets bored, we just started the next marathon, which is for Bhajra Purnima on September 2nd. And uh, I need help because I promised in front of Prabhupada and everybody else at Tirupati that the, in the world, worldwide, we do at least 10,000 sets of Bhagavatams. So um, if you wouldn't mind bailing me out, I'd deeply appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't say ISV would do it worldwide. Thank you very much, everybody. Can you unmute and say Hare Krishna? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Do you mind saying Hare Rama? Hare Rama. Rama. About Hare Rama, Hare Krishna. Are the Hare Rama, Hare Krishna people? Please take care of yourselves. Don't think there's not danger from this little virus thing going around. It's a real a thing. Wash your hands. Keep washing them. It's a small <laughs> price to pay. Don't touch your face and uh, wear a mask and uh, stay socially distanced and get your bhajan going. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Take Thank care. you very much. Lord Premanande Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Thank you, Balaman. Natchari Armarman. Natchari Armarman. Natchari Armarman. Natchari Armarman. Hey, Natchari Armarman. Natchari Armarman. Natchari Armarman. Natchari Armarman.